When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to a Celtic State of Mind. It's match day. I'm Paul John Dykes, and today to discuss the pre-match for the visit of Motherwell to Celtic Park, I am joined by Kevin McCluskey and by Lawrence Connolly. Kevin, the team is out. Everybody has had their say on that. Leading up to the game, who's going to be in, who's going to be out? A few considerations, I guess, for Tuesday night against Lazio. Um, what do you make generally of the team? And then we'll go through it player by player. Yeah, I think it's a very strong team. I think it's. I think this is what Brendan wants to do most weeks, is it not? Just play the strongest available eleven. He'll maybe take a player out here or there, and I think this time it's Johnson that's been given the rest from the defence. Previously, it'd been Carter Vickers. Um, it's a really strong team. Happy to see home as well, continuing in the side because I think he's a player with potential. And similar with Yang, who. I thought it was excellent in the last couple of games, especially against Aberdeen, and has a point to prove against Motherwell because, of course, it was at Fir Park that he got hooked at half-time and he's won really kind of poor performance. So he's picked on a lot since then. But aye, really strong team. And looking forward to us, you know, hopefully doing what we did against Aberdeen as well and getting the game sewn up fairly early so we can maybe get the likes of McGregor, O'Reilly off for a wee bit get some minutes in the legs of Bernabé. Sorry, not Bernabé, Bernardo. You said that. You said Bernabé. You said Bernabé. You want him to play. You want him on the pitch. I do. Do I? I don't know. Maybe. I think he wants to be on more than I want him on. Um, But yeah, the other one that's there, Marco Tilio, the lesser spotted Marco Tilio. First appearance from the bench, I think, today. So, be interesting to see what he can do if he gets a run out. No, it definitely would be. Um, and obviously before the game, Lawrence, there was the action by the Green Brigade who were there at quarter past one to welcome the team arriving at Celtic Park. Still no further forward on a resolution with uh, the Green Brigade and the board. What do you make of all this, Lawrence? We've got big games coming up, Feyenoord, Rangers. We want the stadium full. We want everybody to be back in the team. Um, but we've got a few members of our fan base band at the moment. Yeah, uh, well, it's a su- suspensions kicked in. I suppose, you know, there's been allegations made about safety, about log breaking. And I guess, you know, it'd be good to know what it would take for them to return. You know, if the board said, look, stop pirates, you know, but what else, stop breaking in. I think they've alleged they've broken into Celtic Park and tried to rush those. If you stop doing that, you can come back. And, you know, I'm not... Would the Green Brigade commit to that? Maybe. Or maybe they could say, well, look, the pyros we're using just now, we understand why you don't want those, the smoke, etc. They're dangerous, they're warm pyros. 
why don't we look at the kind of middle ground and look at the, the cold pyro technology? Because it definitely adds something to the yeah, game. You know, I was talking yeah. to Michael Mullen up at Malone's last night about this, and Michael goes with uh, young Michal Og to all the games, and there's got to be a middle ground on this. And, uh, you know, you, you see the images of the pyros across Europe look brilliant. They definitely add to the spectacle of the game and the atmosphere. So what they're saying is, if the ones they're using just now are, are dangerous, other other ones that they could come together and say, well, look, why don't we use the cool pyro technology? Yeah. We can still keep that in and keep the atmosphere. It just seems there's two people that don't want to give an inch or two sides that really don't want to give an inch here. They're not negotiating, are they? They're trying to tell each other, like, you do this and, we, and that's it. It's not a good position to be in. <clears throat> it's not, Lawrence. And as I said before, I always uh, think about the impact on the team. That's the most important thing for me, Kevin. And it's the same as um, situations that we find ourselves in where we are critical of a player or a manager or the board. It's not just because we want to be critical and we want to be negative, as is often uh, levied at us, Kevin. It's because you want the best for Celtic on the park. That's what everything comes down to. That's what it all boils down to. And we want Celtic to have the best opportunity um, come the Feyenoord fixture. Let's think about that one first and foremost. Who knows what's going to happen on Tuesday? That could be massive. You want every single margin that you can possibly get, every advantage you can possibly gain, and a big advantage at Celtic Park every week. But on nights like that, is the support, it's the atmosphere, it's the energy. Lawrence will remember Granty talking about it. Uh, Jackie McNamara spoke to Axon about it this year as well and how, yeah, we were focusing on a lot of the elements during the pandemic season, Kevin, but a massive element of that was the lack of fans for Celtic. And some people say it's the same for everyone. Well, it's not because the impact we've got is, I think, bigger and larger and there's more energy created through the Celtic fan base and we need to all be singing from the same hymn sheet to use a much-used uh, cliché. But, Kev, there needs to be a resolution. Today is another step, uh, I think, in the journey, but I don't know if it's yet a step closer to finding that resolution. I don't think it's a step closer to finding the resolution. To answer that one first, no. And I think Lawrence is right when he says that you've got two parties here that don't want to give an inch to each other. So until that happens, what is it? Uh, an unstoppable force and an immovable object kind of thing. You're never going to reach a compromise and you're never going to get uh, a resolution that's going to make both sides happy or either side happy, really. From my perspective, I'd love to see the Green Brigade back in as soon as possible. I don't always agree with everything that they say. I don't always agree with every one of their protests or demonstrations, but that's by the by. What they bring on a match day is just it's pure atmosphere. They, I'm a big fan of the Pyros. I think they're great. I think they're a, a brilliant spectacle. And whenever the Green Brigade do one of their pre-match TIFOs and the big games, they add to that, that whole atmosphere. And they lift the stadium. They lift the whole place. There are games that we've played where if the Green Brigade's not there, it's almost like a morgue. It's silent. You hear every moan against the players and it gets to them. When you've got the Green Brigade there, they might be small in number, but they're loud and they sing for the full game. I'm sure they've seen those yeah. players. Yeah, they've seen those players through many big games. We've had last-minute winners or equalisers in big games. We wouldn't have gotten without them. So the sooner we can get them back in, for me, the better. don't know what needs to be done to do it. I like Lawrence's idea again. Uh, of having the alternative pyros in there. There's something there that they can keep the atmosphere going. But until 
both parties are willing to sit down and have dialogue, nothing's going to change. And it needs to happen pronto because, you know, let's be positive and say we get a result out in Rome in midweek yeah. and we bring it down to the final game in the group stage to have a chance to third place. You want the Green Brigade in there. You want a full rocking Absolutely. Celtic Park. Um, so we need to get them back in. You're right. We need a famous night at Celtic Park to they let the magic happen. And the fans are a massive part of it. And I'm not just uh, looking through green tinted spectacles. I, I truly believe that the energy generated by the Celtic support um, can win you a game. It can get you extra percentages out of players. Jungle Lion, let them in. Simple as that, says Jungle Lion. And uh, I think, you know, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. I agree with you. I think we need to get them back in. Yes, there needs to be a compromise. Lawrence is right. And some parties maybe need to take a step back to get a step closer to Celtic Park. So, uh, Joe Hamilton, I, Jungle, get the band back together and you've got you and Martin coming in. Hail, hail, troops. So glad the football is back. 3 nothing win for the boys. Let's hope so. Uh, you're going to see, saw the fans when the team bus arrived. Brilliant atmosphere. Probably better than it will be in the stadium. Are they going to hang around outside the stadium? I don't know how long they're going to be there. And Paddy Burns, right, OK, let's get on to the team. Uh, Paddy wants to know what the team is. I'll read it out to you. It's Joe Hart and goals. The full-backs are Tony Ralston and Greg Taylor with the central defensive partnership of Cameron Carter-Vickers and Liam Scales. The trio in the midfield is made up of Callum McGregor, the newly capped Matt O'Reilly, and uh, Odin Thiago home. And up top, we've got Yang, Palmer, and Kyogo. One thing to consider on Tuesday night is that Palmer will be missing through suspension, having tallied up far too many bookings. So that's probably why we've got a couple of wingers on the bench. The bench is made up of Scott Bean, Alistair Johnston, Nat Phillips, David Turnbull, O, Tilio, Bernabe, Bernardo and Mikey Johnston, fresh from his international endeavours. Lawrence, when it comes round to Lazio, who takes Palmer's jersey? I'm going to ask you first. I suppose it's going to depend on today, isn't it? Yeah, if we, if we see any standout performances. Will Brendan change his formation for Lazio away, maybe? Yeah. You might put Kyogo wide up front. I, th- I think it's all going to depend on on what we see today. Uh, we know what we've got in Jamesy. Uh, you know he, he's reliable. He's experienced at us level. Brendan trusts him. So before the kicking off today, I could see Jamesy coming in for him. But we'll see with the guys that get the opportunity today. Get, you know, there'll be some boys get some minutes. We'll be watched take a claim because they know that jersey's up for grabs. So you know if you get a few minutes on the park. It's a game you want to play in, isn't it? You know? It definitely is. And I think when you uh, consider James's... It's the level that we want players to aspire to. Yeah. 100%. Jamesy Forrest has got the experience. Uh, Brennan Rogers has spoken about Forrest being used in certain games this season. It is the type of game that you think you'd maybe have a wee nod to that experience he's played under those circumstances against uh, Tuesday night's opponents. He's not made the bench today. You've got Mikey Johnson. You've got Marco Tilio. Now, listen, I know he came with a really good pedigree. Uh, highly, highly rated by Jared, who's seen a lot of football over in Australia uh, involving Marco Tilio. But it seems to be, for me, all a bit too soon to be bringing the guy in for his uh, first uh, squad today, Kevin, and then throwing him in. So I think, listen, unless he comes on and scores a hat-trick, right, and rips it up and changes my mind, I'm not too sure. And then you're looking at, right, what's your other options? It's James DeForest, who's not on the bench today. It's Mikey Johnson, who, yeah, has been playing well internationally. 
Uh, but even that seems like a, an unusual proposition, doesn't it? To to be going in on Tuesday night with Mikey Forrest, Mikey Forrest, Mikey Forrest, that I'm thinking of train spotting, Mikey Johnston starting the game. That's when I then veer towards what Lawrence was saying there. We know that Kyogo can drift wide. You've got O there. Do we change the shape? Do we play with three centre halves? What I mean, obviously, you've got one eye on Tuesday night, but he's played a, a very strong start at 11 today. But I am looking a wee bit ahead to Tuesday night in terms of the, the wingers' positions, Kev. What's your thoughts on it? Yeah, um, quite similar, actually. Um, apologies to James Forrest in advancing this one because he wasn't on the bench. He'd completely gone right out of my head that he could have been an option. Um, but he is the kind of player that, or this is the kind of game that you would suspect Brendan's talking about when he says there'll be big games that we'll use James Forrest in throughout the course of the season. He's done it before. I think he scored out in Rome the last time we were out there, did he not? He got the first goal. He did. Before in Cham's late winner. So he's he's done it. He's got the experience. You know, three, four years down the line, can he do it again though? Maybe that's another question. But I'm, I was leaning towards the fact that it could be O taking the jersey and Kyogo having a bit more of a free role just to drift in and out and do do something a bit different because uh, there's not a natural successor to Palma at the moment with who's available. Like It's far too soon for Tilio. I'd almost go as far as saying I don't care if he comes in and scores a hat-trick today. He doesn't start on Tuesday night because he's not going to be fit enough for it. Mikey Johnson, I think he's only played two times this season for us, maybe. He's doing it for Ireland. I'll give him that. But he's yeah. another one that you just think it's a game too far or a game too soon, rather to rely on him coming in. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a wee change in shape. It could be a 3-5-2 kind of formation, get an extra defender in there, shore things up. Might even need to take Yang out as well to accommodate for that, but get O and Kyogo up there and just make things, you know, make things different. Give Lazio a different question to answer because the way that we set up most games is the same and after a while teams can get used to us, suss us out a wee bit. Mm -hmm. For a big game like this, you know, James writes all the time about the curveballs that we can throw in certain games. The curveball could be three at the back, two up top, try something different. He loves a curveball, does your James? Um, if you play with three That's at the back, indeed. is it, is it Nat Phillips? Does Nat Phillips come in for you? I know that Stephen Welsh is uh, fully fit again. You've got, obviously, Lagerbjelk, Novroski. You've got plenty of options, but the guy on the bench today is Nat Phillips. Aye, well, that raises the other question, doesn't it? At the other yeah. end of the park. It has to be Phillips. Whether I rate him or not, and whether I think he should stay beyond January or not, is something different as well. But it would have to be him, because Navrovsky's not in the squad anyway. For Europe, he didn't make the Champions League squad. Uh, Rogers clearly doesn't rate Lagerbilke, because he doesn't include him unless he absolutely has to. Phillips is your centre-back in the bench today. So you'd think if he was changing it around at the back, Phillips is the natural player to come in. Unless he wants to throw another one of James's curveballs and he plays Alistair Johnson at right centre-back and you have Johnson and Ralston on the right-hand side. That is a proposition. Now, I'm bringing this up for you, Lawrence, uh, because I think you're an honorary member of the Tobago Street Police Station Celtic Supporters Club, having spent a night in the cells there at some point in your life. Odin Tiago Home, God of Sunshine. Um, 
Odenholm has decided that his middle name will be Thiago because obviously he um, is looking towards someone who has inspired them in the world of football. Lawrence, is it true that you've got a middle name which is Lubo? Is that true or is that a dog that you named Lubo? No, uh, I I would uh, have chosen McGrain. Would you? Yes. McGrain. What what would yours have been, Kev? Mine's a Stoney after him. Of course it is. Um, but mine's with Pirlo. It's always Pirlo. But that's the cat. <laughs> I can't name myself Celtic, after the cat. It? But if it was a Celtic yeah. one, then... Is that why you grew the beard as well? That's why I grew it. Because yeah. it's always been him. He's an honorary Celt in my view. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's a Celt... Lambo. Is that because you beat Rangers? Lambo? Oh, one, the original one. Paul Lambert. Oh, nice. nice. Hey. I could take that, Paul Lambert, Champions League winner. You and Boy Martin, uh, hopefully get to see Tilio for the first time today. But Michael Ross reminds us, uh, I'd not expect much from the player as he's hardly kicked a ball in five months. So hope fans don't judge him too quickly. And that is important. I think when you when you think about uh, Marco Tilio, the journey he's been on, Lawrence, young guy coming over from Australia. We were talking during the week actually with Sean Connolly, your namesake, about a couple of uh, Australian imports we've had in the past who have taken time to adapt and to settle in at Celtic, Daniel Arzani, uh, Tommy Rogic took a while. And even Viduka, remember Viduka came in and he had his own issues and he had to go away and, and get himself sorted and then come back and, and be mentally strong enough to play for Celtic. It's a massive step up. It's a huge step up, no matter how much you're tearing it up in Australia. So I think we have got to be cognizant of the fact that he's a young player, Lawrence. We shouldn't expect too much from this early on. Yeah, He's not many, many minutes. You know, Jared really rates him. Yeah. He's another one of our, our projects, isn't he? So I, I think he's on there. If we get got up a few, we'll, get, we'll see him get a, a run out. One of these projects has got to work. You, you know, to home looks like he'll work. Mm-hmm. I've, I've not seen a lot of him. You see his YouTube clips, but it's easy to find good YouTube clips. I'm sure even uh, Raphael had good YouTube clips before we signed them. But listen, it'll be interesting to see how he does. Yeah, but especially if he gets forty-five minutes, because I think that means we're three three nil up at half time. But yeah, uh, going back to the back, I'm with you. I think it would need to be Phillips that would would come in. Yeah, yeah. I think he's the only one with anything like enough minutes that you you, you would throw him in midweek. Uh, I'm not too sure bring, bringing Johnston in. I, I don't think Johnston is rest, rested. I think his form's been a wee bit off, and I think Ralston's in there. Because of that, I'm not too sure he's resting Johnson just now. Since he's come back from injury, I'm not. He's not hit the heights, so maybe Tony's uh, deserving of his chance today. It's not a case of Alistair being rested. You know, I don't know if this is just a coincidence, but remember he took a, a scalp right in the face at Easter Road, Kevin, um, and he was a wee bit. You know, there was a question asked to whether or not he was con- concussed. I don't think he's been on it since then. So it's maybe, yeah, it's good to give him a rest anyway, like we have done previously with uh, Matt O'Reilly, Kyogo, Cameron Carter-Vickers. And I think that Rodgers is going to go through the team and give everybody a rest eventually. Um, but it's also good to to give the game time to someone like Tony Ralston because he's going to get rusty otherwise. Um, and I think that there's some really good points coming through here, actually, that, that I'm going to raise. Uh, Jungle Lion said Rod Stewart was a disgrace today. I did see a picture of him. Um, flipping the bird to Celtic supporters. I, I'm not sure the full context of it. If, if he was being booed, let us know. Uh, but I did see a picture of that, which isn't a good look, uh, obviously. And Doc Boy 
67, part of the loan agreement to be on the bench. I think you're talking about Nat Phillips. This was something that was raised by Kevin Graham uh, back on Monday, Kev. What's your take on that? Because we do know that there are certain clauses, particularly in loan deals, when a player's getting loaned out, a club doesn't want them to go on loan and just basically disappear for six months and not play. And although Celtic wouldn't guarantee game time, because it's, you can't guarantee game time, you simply can't at this level, they may have a clause in the contract to say that he is part of the squad. And that is why, bringing in uh, Steve's uh, point here, Steve and say Rocky and Larga must be hopeless in training seven million down the pan. I think there are other situations and, and other things happening in the background, Kev, um, which are preventing them from being in the squad. And one of them might well be that we were in such an emergency situation to bring in a centre-half before the Rangers game that we bring in that Phillips and we've agreed perhaps to have him in the squad, therefore on the bench. What do you make of all that? Yeah, um, so I know you get all these clauses in, in contracts and the loan deals. I'm not a fan of them. I can understand why Liverpool would want something like that to be in because, like you yeah. say, they don't want him to go away and not play, not develop. Doesn't do him or the club any good. But from a Celtic point of view, don't see why we should be dictated to by another club as to who makes our match day squad. Now, I know there's another eight subs and we could if we want to put another centre-back on there, but it's still a waste of a sub and a, to have someone in there just because it's it's part of a loan contract. It seems a bit bizarre to me that we would agree to it, but I, I, I probably understand the reasons why and that we had no other fit centre-back, so we were over a barrel. We'd left it a little bit late to get someone in, so maybe mm. you have to agree to that. Um, and maybe that's also a consideration why Navrocki never made the European squad because they've just thought he's not going to get the game time anyway at the moment he's injured just now we need to put in a squad Phillips has to become the third choice centre back at worst because of this agreement we'll see how it plan pans out though in January I don't think he'll stay beyond that and then we'll need to see who steps up out of those two Lager, Bielke or Navrocki but yeah it's a strange one. It's not something I'm keen on. The only saving grace is I don't think Phillips is a terrible defender. So it's not as if we're having to fill a bench with no. a bench warmer. If yeah. he comes in, you can be fairly confident that he'll do the basics that he needs to do as a centre-back. The thing is, Kev, you're right in what you say. If we all agree, uh, as is the case, Scales and Carter Vickers is your first-choice partnership, who is the backup? You're probably saying that Phillips anyway. You know, because you've got Stephen Welsh, who's been out injured. He hasn't played since uh, Brennan Rodgers came in competitively. You've got Navrosky and Lagerbilt, who have both played games, but not recently. So your backup is going to be Phillips in any case. But I agree with you. I don't like kind of being over a barrel, but we were desperate, des desperate measures. And there was nothing really um, that, that could be blamed on the recruitment team, Brennan Rodgers. It was just an unprecedented string of bad luck when it came to centre-halves getting injured. We needed one in the door. He came in the door and didn't play against Rangers anyway, Kev, <laughs> as luck would have it. Um, I, I don't think the, the, the blameless can Phillips in, because two weeks before I was on the show and said, where we are sitting, we need an emergency centre-half. I remember you saying, oh, panic buying. I'm saying, well, no, it's where we're sitting with injuries. That Two weeks later, he comes in, supposedly for the Rangers game, and you're right, didn't make the bench because he was injured. And I think well, who was the player been a waste you suggested? Who was the player you suggested? Uh, again? There was a few at the time, wasn't there? There was uh, the boy that played for Bayern and City. There was a few free agents. I can't remember, mm -hmm. but there was a few top-level free agents at the time. I said, and uh, there was Phil Jones as well that, that was available. That in the free. Was it. 
That was the one. But, but there was a few others. Uh, the, the boy played for, uh, I think he just finished at, at Bayern. And, but we waited two weeks in an emergency situation and then signed him, but he was injured and couldn't play. I, I think he largely has been a waste of money. I don't think, you know, come January, Celtic will be spending money to make that deal permanent. No, no. And I don't think you know any sleeper will be lost on it. Nothing against Nat Phillips himself, but I, I just don't see what what is brought to us. We were in a situation we we're really slow to react react to it, and we've ended up with him. And, and it's not worked for him or us. He's not got the minutes that he needs to get his career back on track. And I don't think he's really brought anything to us as a, a as a team or a squad. See the thing, Lawrence. He doesn't play much minutes anyway. I made that point uh, on my socials. He doesn't actually play a lot of football. At the age of 26, he's not played a lot of football. When you look at competitive games that he's actually played, it's something like 76 games he's played. That's nothing in, in a career at, at the age of 26. That's absolutely now. So I think also... That you great start. So there was a great start that you came out with on that one. There was a great start that you came out with on that one. That there's one single season where Callum mm. McGregor's played virtually the same amount of minutes as Phillips has in his entire career. Yeah. Right. yeah, it was like 111 minutes left. Aye, yeah. yeah. And at, at 26 years old, you've got to question why he's played so few minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. I think as well, though, that circumstances would have been completely different had Liam Scales not, I don't know what he's done. Lazarus, like uh, resurgence of Liam Scales, has definitely changed the whole uh, landscape of the centre-halves at Celtic. But yeah, Lawrence, listen, you were right, mate, but I still don't think I would have taken Phil Jones. I think I wanted Philip Benkovic or uh, Jason Denier or something. But really would he have given us more than Matt Phillips has if he'd got him in two weeks earlier? Listen, no less. He certainly would have given us no yeah, less. Yeah. I know, I know. You're absolutely right. Gary Reeves, great to hear from you, sir. Uh, going 3-1 today. Uh, and Urban Culture thinks it'll be 4 nothing to Celtic. Feed the Bear, always great to see you as well. Uh, for as long as I have been on these pods, I have been banging my heat off the wall about this board and their greed. Time for less talk and more action. I think the biggest thing that I took from the AGM is just how it touched there. You know, they just think that a lot of the points we raise are just, you know, uh, let them eat cake. It's just, it's an us and them mentality. I don't think they speak our language. Uh, Peter Waters, home to turn it up a notch today and show why he is the next Thiago. I'm going to go as far to say he could well be the next Callum McGregor. And I don't mean club captain, 600 games, etc. as McGregor is uh, heading towards. I, d- I just think he's that type of player, Kevin. He's the type of player who is, uh, I think, adept at defensive work and offensive work. And McGregor's shown that throughout his career. Yeah, you can see in the games that he's played, he's got everything about his game to go on and become a Callum McGregor type player. He's composed in the ball. I think his range of passing's pretty good. He drives the team forward whenever he gets it, and, and he's always looking forward as well, he's head up looking forward. Absolutely. He, he doesn't he doesn't try and slow the pace down unnecessarily, and he's a really good player. And he comes as well with, I think, 50, 60 games under his belt in Norway as well. Massive. So it's not as if he's a complete novice coming into the team. He's got that grounding behind him. I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do in the midfield. And as we've spoken about with Hatate being out, Someone needs to step up and claim that jersey. Like we maybe thought it might have been Bernardo for a bit, or it could have been Turnbull. Neither of them have really done enough, despite Turnbull's goals. Holmes the next man in line, and you know, in every game he's played, apart from Feyenoord, moment of rashness there. But every other game really impressed me. So I'm 
looking forward, yeah, to seeing what he can do. Hopefully he can like can uh, help run that midfield today with O'Reilly next to him. I the now so. capped O'Reilly as well. Let's let's give him a wee bit of praise for that because that was long overdue. An incredible uh, trajectory that Matt O'Reilly's on and everything he's done, he's deserved it. Tony uh, Daverin, he'll uh, heel Axon, 4 nothing Celtic, would be happy with that cracking football strip in your avatar. Congrats on the podcast award. Yeah, very proud of that. It's been a real team effort in the last year. And in 2024, uh, massive, massive developments for Axom. So stay tuned. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. Hit the no- notifications bell. Give us a thumbs up and all that good stuff. Robert Highland, Celtic board full of dinosaurs. No wonder the club can't progress. Robert, I take a point on that because uh, I think the one that I keep going on about, or the two, sorry, the pair on on the, uh, the non-executives, um, are Tom Allison and Brian Wilson and uh, you know combined service of 40 years and you just want to have uh, it's not like you know get rid of them all and start again but I just think you need creativity you need a bit of new blood in there uh, a wee bit of diversity of thought rather than it being an echo chamber old pals act and all that kind of stuff don't like that because then you can stagnate and that can happen in any walk of life and these are the people making big decisions at the football club so yeah I would uh, absolutely uh think that new blood is required. The good point by Jungle Line today is the anniversary of the passing of two football greats, George Best, who uh, once donned the Celtic hoops and that picture uh, was behind the bar at the Beards for a long, long time once. I always remember seeing that picture of Bestie. I never knew the story. Played over a nose. Played, he played over a nose. He did. Yeah. He played over a nose, yeah. And, Against um, Joe Miller's old man or with Joe Miller's old man or something. Right, there's a there's a, a few guys that, that are very very interesting in this one. So uh, uh, Albert Kidd played in the game, and this oh. is when he was fully fledged yeah, scouser with a perm and the Mauser. Right, um, we also had Willie Wallace playing as well, and uh, Ben Doak's granddad was playing in the game also, and it was over in Australia. And there's now a clip on YouTube. Check it out, brilliant to see George Best wearing that brilliant centenary strip, um, and. Uh, in the footage as well, in the dressing room, he's he's standing with his girlfriend, probably a Miss World or whatever, and she's just tabbing it, and all the players are getting ready, and she's in the dressing room well. It's typical George Best. And, of course, Diego Armando Maradona also passed away on this day three years ago. Um, and there's some great pictures of him with a Celtic strip when he was preparing as the Argentina manager to face Scotland, and uh, they were doing a training session at Celtic Park. But I'm, I'm also going to give a big shout out to the friends and family of Stuart Skilling, who passed away uh, yesterday. I found that out on his Facebook page. Stuart had been in touch uh, to support we Jamie Tierney's initiative, and I knew he wasn't in great health, but unfortunately he passed away. So thoughts and prayers for everyone who knew Stuart. And uh, thanks every single one of you for getting involved today. We're just about to join the action Celtic against Motherwell. And we'll be back at halftime, hopefully. It will be one of those dominant performances that we, we have seen this season from Brendan Rodgers' side. All that's left for me to say thank you to Kevin McCluskey and Lawrence Conley for joining me on a Celtic State of Night. Podcast Network. Life's better with American Family Insurance. 
Because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.